This episode of Inspiration Point is brought to you by the Quests and Chaos Podcast Network and the generous patrons over on patreon.com slash inspiration point. So we'd like to give a big shout out to Garlic Bread, Eric, and Spike. And at our Muse $20 level, we'd like to thank Prostaskis, Leroy, Kate, Jeremy, Jenna, Jacob, Falangor, Cheryl, A Bad Idea, Red Dead Coquette, and Robert Hans. Thank you for helping us bring a little inspiration out into the world. And now, on with the show. Hey, everybody. It's me, Adam. And me, Tiana. Hello. Hey, we're back for another episode of Inspiration Point. How do you spell inspiration point? Inspiration. I, need, I, need, I need to go change that in the in the description. You just randomly threw an M somewhere. Oh, okay. Um, it's fine. Uh, inspiration point where we love to be inspired and help you feel inspired. Tiana, I haven't been feeling inspired lately until, uh, like Stella, I had to go get my groove back. That's a movie, by the way. Thank you. Um, I I don't I don't know which movie that's from. Um, it's called Stella Got Her Groove Back. Oh well, it's right there in the name. I love that's it. That's right. It's right there in the name. Movie from probably the nineties or something. Anyway, probably. Um, I'm very happy to be here with you. Had a good game last night. Feeling good about that. Had a Starbucks this morning. Um, you know, I'm in my lovely classroom that I love. And uh, been having a good campaign uh, for my Thursdays uh, with the students. Tuesday game's going okay. You know, overall, it's been it's been like very positive, but it's been sort of a, a renaissance for me in a way. Good. Because um, I've been feeling kind of down lately. I don't know if anyone's been able to tell, like, you know, from playing with me or from listening to this show. Um I've had a lot of cause to be very positive and happy, but I was hitting kind of a rut. You know, you ever hit a rut when it comes to, I don't know, any sort of creative effort that you're involved with? Oh, frequently. There have been times where I have been on the struggle bus when doing things like the Redacted Reports, which is my baby. I love that show very, very much. But there are times where I just have to put everything down and walk away for a couple of days because if I don't, I will burn out and stop doing it. Correct. You know, and that's that's troublesome. And I'm sure that Andrew could have some, um, you know, some thoughts on the matter. Right. It yeah. would cer- certainly seem to understand that, you know, and he actually reached out to me um, yesterday, just like, hey, man, I'm still alive. I'm, I'm around. Good. We love you, you know? Andrew. And we yeah, we do. We do very much. And hopefully we'll get some BG3 in with him soon. I still want to do the three of us playing a game together. Maybe one more person, if we can get another person who is worthy of our affections. Okay. That, uh, that would be fun. We should we should uh, look into that. All right. We could try four bards or something like that. It could be a good time. <laughs> Do the band. Oh, no. Get the band together. Yeah. Uh, that, that'd be pretty fun. I hit level 11 in tactician mode. Wow. And that's been uh, challenging, but... Uh, I, I don't know if fun would be the right word. Man, I don't know if I'm worthy of, of your affections in that area. I'm still I'm still on level four and I am on easy mode because 
I am not. I'm not a gamer. I'm not that kind of a gamer. I'm not the kind of gamer who enjoys bashing my head against a brick wall for fun. I I love it. I love bashing my head. I'm glad you do. Uh, (laughs) Someone has to. I'm the person that's there for the story because, I mean, it's it's a great story. and It's well written. Well, yeah. And the first three times I finished the game, it wasn't um, wasn't tactician. I was just like, yeah, let's just have fun. Folks, he's finished the game at least like three times. I haven't finished it. I haven't gotten out of act one. Yeah, well, you know, I have problems with, uh, you know, work life, <laughs> fun balance. Uh, I have uh, unstable, uh, misplaced priorities. So if, so if we smashed our priorities together, because I'm way more on the work side of the work-life balance, work-life fun balance, and you're way more on the fun side of the work-life fun balance. If we smashed it together, we'd have about the right balance uh, about the right of balance. work and fun. Or they would just, you know, be completely psychotic, you know, one or the other. I mean, I'm already completely psychotic. What are you on about? <laughs> what are you on about? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say? <laughs> what do you mean by that? Uh... But yeah, uh, okay. I, I, I I do get that. Like, it's pretty easy sometimes to be like so in on something that you just like get your nose down into the dirt. And when you look up, it's like, I'm not where I want to be. Correct. Yeah, frequently. Um, <laughs> we we're looking at, you know, our, our teacher evaluations and, and raises and stuff. And uh, I, I quickly Googled what the inflation rate was <laughs> for last year. <laughs> and I started mentally preparing arguments. Um, but anyway, as far as this hobby goes, you know, it's it has been kind of a rut for me. And I think I was just doing it a lot. And um, I think I was just, you know, focused on the wrong things. And of course, Baldur's Gate 3 came out, which was a problem because I mostly just wanted to do that. Right. And sure. You know, especially as a forever GM, it's really nice when a game like that comes out because you get to, like, do a bunch of things that you want to do, a lot of things that you want to try out. But then there was also, like, winter break, so I had a lot more time kind of to myself. Um, I got some really good classes this quarter, uh, which were very helpful. And I don't know, just something kind of clicked the other day, and... Maybe it's because I was teaching out of the, the DMG and trying to explain, like, what good campaigns are to kids that, you know, it's it's certainly worth it for even veterans to go back in and, and study, mm-hmm. right, and to re um, reacquaint ourselves with the basics. Well, right? one of the things that, that I have found is that the best way to really deepen your understanding is to explain something to a newbie and have to break it down to its base components because then you have to look at the base components and go, oh, I didn't realize that that fit together like that. I just sort of always assumed that it did, but now I have to explain it. And now I have five different connections. Okay, that's why that, 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 and that. Oh, now I get that. Yeah, yeah. When you put those pieces together and you can put those strings attaching from one photo to another. Good old murder boards. And murder boards. It's also like this. I've I have another art class this quarter, and I've been uh, seeing a lot of newbie mistakes again. Right, mm. and one big newbie mistakes that art students do is they get their face up into the drawing. Right, they stick their eye almost on the paper, or in our case, the screen. Right, and as if that's going to help somehow. 
That's so bad for your eyes, too. Well, it's bad for you, number one. And two, it's actually really bad for the drawing uh, because this is how you get things that look detailed but don't feel proportional, right? And then your your composition balance is completely skewed. The perspective makes no sense, right? You have to take that step back. And it's the same thing with anything that we're interested in. We have to take that step back and look at it from that macro scale and reexamine those fundamentals. It's like people that are truly great at things, you know, practice those fundamentals and they master them and they go back to them because our memories atrophy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I'm taking a specific look at page 81 because one big problem uh, if the Dungeon Master's Guide. Yes. Because one big problem that I've been having and that I think a lot of GMs have is, okay, now I understand the game, so let's do a bunch of combat, right? And doing a lot of combat is fun, but not if it's just always the same. Yeah. Right? There are definitely good times for the goal to be punch each other till one falls down, right? But not all the time. Probably not even most of the time. Yeah, that turns way too much into combat for combat's sake, which is one of the reasons why I don't like, I tend to not like combat in D&D. You're right. And and you're right too, because it's just waiting your turn. Mm-hmm. And it's like this, you know, uh, something that Andrew used to say all the time is, uh, why don't you just play a video game, Right. Because uh, the video game's going to do this better. And they're right. You know, if you're going to wait, you know, sometimes 10, 15 minutes, maybe longer to be able to take another turn, then you're going to want that to feel worth it. It's going to have to feel weighty. Uh, I had a poor kid who in in uh, combat this last Thursday could not roll above the number five, you know, mm. just couldn't happen. And. He's just trying to have some fun. He's trying to kill some stuff, and he just can't do it. So I finally started just letting him roll damage dice for the monster who was fighting other NPCs anyway. And so that helped. Yeah. But what really helped was something that was that made that combat interesting. We also had a game last night that uh, I was very happy about, even though it was very hard for me to get through. Um. Because I'm actually not a sadistic GM. Sometimes I like to talk a big game. Um, but yeah, I really don't like it. I really don't like when players are worried about themselves. Like, I want there to be drama. I want there to be tension. I like that it's there. I know it's good for us. But I don't want... I don't actually like it when a player feels like they're losing. Um, Interesting. Isn't that weird? Well, and it's interesting that you take it that way because, all right, so for those who weren't in the game last night, (laughs) (laughs) we should probably explain what's going on and what happened. So we were in uh, the house of the house of the wheel. No, the house of steel. The house of steel. There is a house of the wheel. So that's, you know, it's confusing. The temple should not all be called the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a Westgate thing. Um, Westgate be like. Westgate be like, and we've been in the House of Steel for I think this is our third or fourth session that we've been in this. He hasn't like, been in there a while. We've been in there for a while, and that's not a bad thing. Like, there's been a lot mm. going on. We are helping uh, with a, with a coup where there's an uneasy alliance between a couple of people of good gods and someone of an evil god. 
uh, and that's capital G, capital E. Um, mm-hmm. Uneasy Alliance to uh, foment a coup and take down a noble who is in charge of this particular House of Steel. And then we decided to go downstairs and get a vampire spawn and get him out of there. And uh, things went very badly. Yeah, so after rescuing the prisoner, uh, the fights just kind of keep going on. And we're stuck in a place. And then I decided to go off script a little bit in order to make things a little bit more interesting. And I start having the boss on the next level just walk into the room. Which which put a very definite time pressure on us because uh, people were in the other room trying to retrieve my character's glaive, which has souls in it. But there's a cloud of daggers in the doorway, and we're all very low health, so you're literally taking your life into your own hands. And there's a freaking edgelord on the other side of the door who's <laughs> lobbing magic missiles at people. Uh, Landry's unconscious, our Bayou Barbarian. Lumet has him over her shoulders, and Riddle, our, our dwarf rogue, is in there with them, doing one of the coolest things I've ever seen, <laughs> where she was parrying all of the flying daggers to create a doorway for Lumet to get out with Landry. And then there's this vampire that we all hear coming. Yeah. It was so, not a good situation. Not a good situation, but also a great situation, yeah. right? Like, in terms of drama, we went from everyone going, I attack, I attack, I attack, I attack, to now there's tension. Now people are paying attention. Now they're feeling something, right? And I'm like, man... Like, you can't always recreate this kind of scenario all the time, but, man, we should be doing more with encounters, and it's so basic. Mm -hmm. It's such a fundamental thing to add something like time pressure or stakes or risk or whatever beyond just hit point and trading. Um, I would say the first half of the session was meh, and then I would say the last hour of the session was awesome <laughs> because suddenly we care, right? Suddenly there's choices to be made. And I think that's one of the big defining things for what makes uh, encounters interesting or not. If it goes from being, like you say, trading hit points to there are hard choices that have to be made and you have to make them and you don't have a lot of time because Vampires are really freaking fast, as it turns out. They're super fast. They're v- extremely powerful, especially against um, low-level players. Yeah, we're Everybody fourth level. fourth level. And then you've got this, like, CR-13 vampire who walks into the room. Oh, my you know? God. I didn't realize he was that high level. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, he's basically the same stats of Strahd, right? Jeez. And so he's just, like, meandering into the room. Super cash. He knows he's in control of everything that's going to happen. He knows he's in full control. The vampire spawn that you guys saved has wants nothing to do with him. You have no idea how long he's been down there. The only thing he wants to do is get out. Uh, one of the players says like a little prayer to their uh, to their patron in order to uh, you know get some help. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to open a portal for this person, but I'm also going to put it at the end of the hallway, right? So that that way, there again, there's there's choice and there's it can't be too easy. It can't be too easy. So everyone definitely had the chance to be able to get away, pretty much no problem, Um, except 
maybe one person would get caught, right? Yeah. And so somebody, not saying who, decided that they wanted to be the person to uh, fall on the sword for everybody else. So in my defense. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been in that position too, actually. I mean, I'm I'm playing the forged domain cleric at, mm-hmm. who whose glaive was the one that was forced to be dropped and then yeeted into the other room that everyone else was getting hurt trying to get back for them. So, like, as far as they were concerned, it was their fault that Landry was unconscious. It was their fault that everyone was in that other room and started on the back foot when the chase started and was like, I also currently have the most hit points, kind of. And have the best possibility of holding the line while everyone else gets out. Because cleric, high wisdom score. Yeah. Yeah. And I was doing the command thinking, if it somehow lands, then that's interesting. And if it doesn't land, then Hakoi feels powerful. Yeah. So it's okay to try to hit players where they're the strongest because that helps them feel cool, right? Yeah. So so, so the first one I was able to resist against, I think it was fear, being frightened. Mm-hmm. And then the second one uh, did not keep from being, what was the term you used? Ensorcelled? I love Ensorcelled. that word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where effectively Hakoi was turned against their teammates. Yeah. Um, and so they walked willingly back to the vampire. And the last thing that the player saw is the portal closed and Fig was screaming as she was being yanked out of the portal. Yeah. Uh, was the, the vampire bending his head down and biting into Hakoi's neck. Yep. Which was a great shot, right? Um, I like, I, I can't visualize things and I still could see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was really, really cool. Because it's like, well, what's going to happen? And I got a message from you saying, well, it looks like I need to roll a new character. <laughs> I was writing that as I was like, I had made the choice. I knew what was going to happen because like I was given the opportunity to have my character keep chasing them because like they had attacked my dear friend, the vampire. Of course, I as the Forged Domain Cleric would have chased after them and hurt them in return, obviously. Uh, but the vampire kept being like, don't worry about them. I, I can I can wipe them out with no problem. And I, I, had, I was sitting there for a moment being like, Hakoi being Hakoi, what would they choose? Mm-hmm. Their brain is being messed with right now. Yeah. So they don't see things correctly, but Hakoi is still Hakoi. And what would they do? What was also nice about that moment was, well, I mean, you got to express something. And I love that everyone on your team was concerned about you. And mm-hmm. they wanted, they didn't want you to make that sacrifice. Right? Because of course they don't. Because not only is it a good group of players, but we've also played together before. And so everyone's like sort of emotionally connected. Again, that secret ingredient sneaking in there. Good old love. Good old love is getting in there. And, you know, uh, like Kate worrying about um, Tiana and Tiana worrying about Kate has just kind of become the theme of these games. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which has been great. Love you, Kate. Yeah, and so uh, it was It was cool to see everyone have conflict with that. Honestly, I think one of my favorite um, expressions of that was with Riddle, actually, because 
Riddle's thing is that like everything that she does is for her is for her self interest. In a, I mean, right. not, in, not in like a blatantly I'm going to do what I want and screw all the rest of you, but very like calculating. I uh, whatever Logical. I do, yeah. Yeah. And she had the opera like she was right next to the portal and she was like, I could leave. It kind of like uh, kind of she kind of made that noise and then was like, I have I, I have a plan and a purpose for what I need to do. And then she walked back in and created a distraction. So Hakoi had an extra moment or two, which was one of the coolest things. Mm-hmm. That was cool, right? And you know, we have to do a little bit of wincing, but I think we're definitely like within the within the boundaries of just like making sure that we're all having fun at this table. And one might look at some of the moves I made and say, okay, there was some some shenanigans going on. Uh, there actually wasn't. Uh, everything was just dice falling where they may. We were Every... rolling like garbage. That didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you got advantage from the paladin to resist things like charm and fear. And so you were rolling at advantage. And still it's rolled. A, it's a high DC, right? Yep. You know, because it's a powerful character. Um, but it was definitely within the realm of possible. I didn't feel that it was shenanigans. Like, you were playing the enemy smartly. Like, who expects to have command get used on them? No one thinks about that actually happening, but it made sense because we were facing off with two clerics. Clerics and paladins get command, Mm -hmm. and they commanded, you know, one of the stronger people to drop a really cool weapon, and it worked, and then got that up and out of there, and it worked. And a caster was like, ooh, I'm going to make it a lot harder for you to get through to it. And it was a lot harder. It was an it was a, a really interesting synergy between the enemy combatants in a way that I found really interesting. It, it, was, it was better than them just zapping you over yeah. and over and over again. Because in, you would have gladly taken 10 points of damage as opposed to losing your weapon. Yeah. Right? Like, that's that's a preferable outcome. Like, that's in Hakoi's, like, bonds and and, yeah. and ideals and attributes <laughs> and stuff. Like, their thing is, I am most interested in this thing that I do. Correct. So, anyway, it still wasn't easy to entrap your character emo- emotionally for me. Um, I kept... I was rooting against myself the whole time. <laughs> when uh, the paladin put that buff on you, I was like, okay, that might give her a shot to get away. Um, maybe someone will try to convince the vampire spawn to be brave and fight. Um, maybe someone will offer them some blood to strengthen them. Um, maybe somebody, maybe, uh, I don't know, Chris is super smart. Maybe he'll just come up with some godlike plan I hadn't anticipated. Right? I don't know. Uh, maybe someone will throw uh, Landry's etouffee at the vampire somehow, and that'll somehow <laughs> help, right? I mean, if there's garlic in it. Yeah, there's probably garlic in it, you know? It's all kinds of possibilities. Um, But uh, to everybody's credit, I, I mean, they were role-playing that their character was scared. And they were scared because hit points, but also because... You know, it's it's good it's good trauma. Everybody got on board with that scene, and everybody made it happen together, right? And so it's not like oh, I was the conductor in the symphony. It's like 
I was just like, huh? And everybody was like, hmm. <laughs> right. And we were just adding to the to the soup, I guess. And uh, it turned out to be uh, pretty tasty. We, we love a good stone soup. <laughs> That's right. I um, but I was still it was still emotionally difficult for me to do that. Oh, no, I 100% heard it in your voice because uh, we, we, we play over Discord voice so we can't see each other. And I 100% heard it in your voice when you were like, sorry, guys. And I was like, no, don't you dare apologize. That was good. That was cool. I'm sitting over here crying. But that's because I feel things. That's what I want. It's what you want, right? That's that's where this game, you know, really hits its, um, hits its stride. Uh, I had a kind of similar situation on Thursday. Uh, where in the League of Legends universe campaign that we're doing, um, they had befriended one of their actually enemy NPCs. Ooh. Uh, they're in an arena situation, and there can only be X amount of survivors per round. And so there's a lot of PvP, but there's also a, like alliance ink. And by when I say PvP, I don't mean between the players. They're supposed to band together. Oh, sure. Right, but... You know, with the NPCs and like all the NPCs in that arena are like written out and thought about. So they're characters, right? No, they're not mm-hmm. just stat blocks. Some of them are funny. Some of them are silly. Some of them are serious and dramatic and tragic and all that good stuff, right? They they run the gamut. And so there is this character who, you know, sort of touched on one of my other players' backstories. Long story short, they had a lot of empathy for her. She ends up losing an arm. Uh, they, you know, are really doing everything they can do to protect her. She's withdrawn. She's like, I'm useless now. I might as well die. This is an inevitable. And they're like, we're not going to let you give up on yourself. Yes. Right? And and uh, we love that stuff, right? And that's yeah. great. And so uh, the battle largely became a matter of protecting them. As opposed to just surviving or beating the bad guy, you know. I love Although that so much. Those were also certainly there. Well, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was good. You know, it gave them a stake to to care about, and um, it's going to be really tricky as only five of them are going to be allowed to leave the arena alive, and and there's five players, and there's five players and one NPC we care about. So uh, they'll probably have to make the the least convenient decision possible in order to do the right thing, uh, which will uh, be extremely challenging and costly. I'm just thinking about about how I would do that, but it would would depend entirely on if there was a cleric in the party. (laughs) Uh, Yes, there is. And on top of that, it's it's Twilight. (laughs) Yes! So how is this even hard? Everything's easy now. Um, uh, that's not true. Keladry was challenged constantly, but the, that- those uh, temp HP were uh, doing work. Uh, they were fighting essentially an Umber Hulk. Oh, those that are I had fun. Reflavored, and uh, so they were like either attacking with disadvantage or like getting confused or whatever with like crazy high AC. And they're only level two, right? Jeez. So, so they're like struggling yeah. to deal with this thing. Uh, but luckily they had helped the NPC. So it gave the NPC the ability to help them with the confusion. Because when they were stuck in confusion, she would use her action to run over and slap them. 
And then that that's would really get, cute. That would that would get them out of it. She only has one hand, you know, so she's like, I'm gonna use it. <laughs> Time to start kicking people in the shins if you wanna try to get two people. Slap one, kick another. <laughs> it's like wake up. <laughs> wakey wakey, eggs and bakey. <laughs> Uh, and they all thought that was really funny. That's lovely. Uh, so, all that being said, that brings me back to page 81, which is just like a list of like how to make your encounter not suck. So for, the, so for those who are like me and are on D&D Beyond, it's in chapter three, creating encounters, but specifically character objectives and sample objectives. So, you know, you, there, there, you want there to be character-driven objectives in encounters. Otherwise, it's just, as Adam says, uh, hit point trading. Correct. Um, also, boo D&D Beyond. But anyway... Um... Hey, I don't have the book yet. At some point, I'm going. I'm going to knuckle down and, and buy it, but oh, I haven't no, okay. gotten around to it yet. All right, I'll I'll send you one. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so sample objectives: make peace. The characters must convince two opposing groups to end the conflict that embroils them. As a complication, the characters might have enemies on one side, or both, uh, or some other group or individual might be instigating the conflict to further its own ends. So that's uh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Can we I mean, stop the fighting? It, it requires a lot more of a delicate touch than just stomping and kill everything. Um, even if there aren't two different sides, it could just be trying to calm your enemy down. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be sort of social hit points, if you will, you know, where you're trying to chip away at their, um, you know, Pink Floyd walls to get into the to the uh, vulnerability at the back to get them to stop fighting you, right? Like, mm-hmm. if you're fighting the Hulk, you have to be like, sun's getting real low. <laughs> um, protect an NPC or object, also known um, as the as the escort mission, <laughs> right? The escort um, escort quests are better. In TTRPGs than they are in video games, uh, because there's no like horrible AI to make your NPC like commit suicide on accident, right? Where or they just like walk into a wall endlessly. <laughs> uh, when I was in ho- in high school, I played uh, Morrowind, oh, okay, and, which was Elder Scrolls Three, right? And they had a bunch of escort quests and. It, there was no like fast travel involved. It was like you must walk this dude from point A to point B, and it is miles, <laughs> right? And the NPC is not smart. <laughs> yeah, this is an incredibly difficult objective to do in a way that isn't super frustrating. Whether it's a video game or uh. Big spoilers for Pandemic Season 2, if you play Pandemic Legacy. Huge spoilers, turn away now. Uh, That's the final section in December, is getting someone who's loaded down with pathogens back to your lab, and you can't use any of the fast travel methods that you've been using for the entire year up to this point. That was where we got our butts kicked. (laughs) <laughs> in our final in our playthrough and it made me it made me really frustrated because it was like we've spent all of this time building up all of these airway net, networks and all of this we spent all year basically preparing for this yeah and that's how it ends is 
you have to like take a you have to drive this person from one place to another or get in a little motorboat to go from one place to the other. I'm like, we have spent so much time and so many resources making this not happen. <laughs> what are you doing? Pandemic. Pandemic. Uh, and this was before the pandemic uh, started in 2020. When the, when the pandemic yeah. started, we all just sort of back looked at each other. Back when that game was fun and not triggering, <sighs> right? Yeah. We look back at that now and go, oh, well, well done on predicting what people would actually do in a pandemic. I kind of hate you for it, but well done. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm sure that we've learned valuable lessons and we'll do much better next time. I, I, I love your optimism. <laughs> that shouldn't be as funny as it is. Um, <laughs> okay, next one. Uh, retrieve an object. Go get the thing. Um, you know, you have a big stone golem, which is the least fun monster to fight, you know, and you're trying to, like, get them, you know, out of the way. It's like it's much better to try to distract them, go get the magic scarab, and then run out the room than it is to try to whittle down the hit points of a stone golem, right? It's basically built to tell the players, don't do it that way. <laughs> it's not, you're not going to enjoy yourself. So unless you just are brimming with thunder spells. <laughs> Shatter. Shatter's a great spell. <laughs> Shatter is our friend a lot of times. Uh, run a gauntlet. Hmm. Um, you have to pass through a dangerous area. The objective is similar to retrieving uh, the object insofar as reaching the exit is a higher priority than killing opponents in the area. So that could be really fun if like the level is falling apart, right? If everything's dropping into spikes or lava or the sea or sharp rocks, you know, um, uh, uh, skittles, you know, whatever it is, you, you got to get out of dodge and you can do a lot of fun with like telegraphing the disasters that are happening, especially like when you're on like a top down map, you can just draw a little box, you know, on the map and say, this is where that's gone. That's where it's going to fall. Right. And you've got like half a turn to to get them out. It's going to fall on your buddy. What do you do? Right. And then you could like run over and shove them out of the way or whatever it is. Right. And then it can destroy the bridge underneath it. That actually makes me think a lot of uh, the arena in the D and D movie. Yeah. I mean, the D and D movie did everything right. Pretty it much in, so in terms things, of like, yeah. just being like, okay, do a D and D game like this pretty much. Yeah. Right. Um, because, yeah, it was, you know, the, the arena was, like, constantly changing and becoming interesting. Well, and, and the goal of it was not necessarily to beat the arena. The goal of the arena was to figure out what was going on and how to uh, solve the bigger problem. Mm -hmm. Which made all of the things that were happening in the midst of that, you know, the, the displacer kitty and the mimic and, the, and mm -hmm. the cube, just tools along the way. And it was also a way to go, hey, look, it's the thing from the game. Look. I mean, of course. And and I, I called it the first time that I saw it. I was like, rule of threes. First two chests are going to be useful. Third one's a mimic. <laughs> rule of you threes can, has to be. You literally cannot do D&D without at least one mimic somewhere. And yes, there is one in BG3. Oh, I'm not at all surprised. I'm surprised yeah. there's only one. Yeah. there. Well, there 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 is more than one, but. Okay. I was going to be like. I'll say Shot. they're not common. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, sneaking. 
sneaking is really good for you. You should do that more because um, what's really fun is to put an encounter with an enemy that you maybe could beat, but it would be very unlikely, right? So like in the encounter I did last night, if they had all just said, okay, we're level four and we have no resources, spells, or hit points left, but we're pretty sure we could fight a vampire lord. It's like, you definitely can't. No. Run away. We right? couldn't, we couldn't like, fight the vampire lord fully rested with full spell slots at level four. I mean, <laughs> maybe once we get up to like seven and eight, we could at least hold our own because there's five of us and we're pretty good yeah. players. Six of us. Sure. But it's like, where we're at, no spells, no hip, we're, no, just run. At least level five to hit that big power spike, you know? Yeah. Because um, there is a massive difference between a level four and a level five character. That's very true. I think that's why that that uh, jump in the XP is so, is so massive. It is, because it's like, okay, you are very strong now. Yeah. Right? You are you're better than the average bear. Yeah. But I mean, Hakoi even said it last night. It is better for one than for three. <laughs> get out. <laughs> yeah, get out. And everyone's like, but you're my friend. Good. Get out. <laughs> Good. Get out. Thank <laughs> you for you that. Too. Go away. Go. <laughs> uh, one thing I'll say about uh, doing kind of stealth missions is don't automatically just screw over mm-hmm. your heavy armor person. Um Take the average stealth of the whole party. Yeah. If you're doing a group um, stealth check, actually use it as a group. Yeah, use it as a group so that that way, you know, the rogue who is basically invisible, you know, with their, like, I'm level four, but here's a stealth 30 check, you know, balances with the paladin rolling at disadvantage, who gets a two, right? And then it's really more about everybody else being able to, like, get kind of lucky uh, to to be able to do this, and getting a surprise round is so important. If it really you, is. If you have to do combat, or uh, using your resources effectively, like in the Fendelverum Below game that I run, they had a thing where they were doing a sneaky thing, and uh, the travel domain cleric, which yes is homebrew, but it's based on the three point five domain. Um, she she has passed without a trace. And while she tends to be the noisiest, not in clankiness, just her normal personality, um, she was able to do that and make it a lot easier for people. So, yeah, sure, there were people who still rolled a two, but they got a 12 because there was the group resource. And then the people who are godlike at it had like a 31 or a 32. And I was like, cool, the average of that is above 20. Y'all good. Yeah, and that just that helps people like not be punished for mm-hmm. existing. <laughs> it was just nice. Uh, next one, stop a ritual. Uh, this one's really, really good. That's a fun uh, one. Also, a ritual could be a wedding, just saying, because a wedding is literally a ritual. Um, you could uh, stop the wedding. And that's how we need that to happen more in more campaigns. Um, I don't, I've not done it enough. Uh, it needs to happen. Stop the wedding. If anyone knows of any reason why these two should not be joined, I object. <laughs> then roll initiative. <laughs> I mean, we could absolutely. We, I still have the notes for the cloud giant wedding uh, campaign. That could totally be like the the, the big thing. Stop that yeah, ritual. The, stop the ritual. Right. Exactly. Um, 
you know, prevent them from summoning the Baylor, you know, whatever it is, um, you know, things can get worse if we fail the objective. Mm-hmm. And then either we run away and now that becomes like a big plot point where this is now the problem that we're trying to solve, which means that the story wins anyway, or you overcome it and then we get to deal with a different problem. Story wins anyway, right? Either way, story should win. Yeah, it should win. You know, it's just less interesting if we run in, kill goblins, the demon shows up no matter what, mm-hmm. and then we have to fight it again, right? Because then that's that's very video game, right? Uh, okay. Uh, the last one that it uh, offers us here is to uh, take out a single target, right? Uh, if you have a necromancer that's, uh, you know, in a room full of dead people, and they're just, like, summoning skeletons constantly... The goal should be not to destroy endless waves of skeletons, but to get to the necromancer and defeat them, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Or you're dealing with a hired gang of thugs and their employer. If you kill the employer, the thugs have no reason to keep fighting, right? Um, This can help you in a situation where you're outnumbered. It could, you know, there's a lot of possibilities. So... This is a good way to create scenarios that have drama because they're not balanced. Because mm-hmm. um, the the balanced encounter is is very useful. It's it's a good thing to have, uh, but it should be sort of in between the interesting encounters, right? Yeah. Where where it's like, okay, um, I'm going to start this out as a medium difficulty challenge, but then I'm going to throw this other character in here. And that would technically make it deadly. Actually, more than deadly. Annihilation. That would would be very bad. But if they do this other thing, then it's just a hard encounter, right? And then we can solve it that way. Or if one of the players is just outright way smarter than me, you know, and they manage to kill the guy, then I guess we're leveling up fast. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Sudden dump of XP into the situation. (laughs) You know, if it's like, hey, I saw this in a video game. They jump over the bad guy, pull the lever, and then the bridge falls out, and they fall into the lava. I'm like, (laughs) da-da-da-da-da-dun. Like, ah, the old Mario move. (laughs) I see. You know know your tactics. (laughs) That, you know, because that's my bad for setting that up, right? (laughs) Why do we even have that lever? Why is that lever here? (laughs) Why is there a lever to destroy the bridge? That should not exist. That's dumb. (laughs) You are are doing the the world a favor by removing that uh, that character from the world. Contractors just like, look, the plans say put a lever here. I don't know why. I just I just do my job. <laughs> I mean, clearly uh, he he wanted to have it to dump his enemies into the into the lava. Correct. He just didn't expect his enemies to be smart enough to be like, "Ooh, cool!" Hey, look, a lever. Poke. You at least could have hidden it. Something. No, you you put a golden effigy of your face on it. I mean, that's just Bowser. Bowser likes to have his uh, an effigy of his face everywhere. <laughs> so you know, uh, hubris. Yeah. Hubris is is the the downfall of the giant lizard. Right, and uh, that can bring us back to to themes really well. And we need to talk about uh, themes again one of these days. But Honestly, one of my favorite encounters that I have run was for Fandelver and Below, where they 
they were incredibly smart and they're very intelligent in the way that they handled it and the way that they used the resources that they had, including cards that were given to them by patrons, where it was like, okay, there was a really good perception check to find the secret door in the back of, of the castle. Uh, once they got there, they used a card to be like, guiding light, oh dear gods, where where is the where is our goal? Where are we supposed to go? Mm-hmm. So they went straight into the heart of the castle, right into the middle of everything, and found the place where King Grohl and the the drow woman were. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was watching that situation and going, I appreciate the intelligence that you brought to this encounter, but you don't get to speed run King Grohl. <laughs> <laughs> It's basically my rationale at looking at the situation and being like, all right, how can I make this worse? Mm -hmm. Which sounds like a terrible thing to say, but um, I firmly hold because they still talk about that. They they talk about that encounter frequently, talk about how like freaked out they were and how much they had to think about what they were doing. One person, a couple people went unconscious. Um, It was, it it turned into a really difficult situation. And I firmly hold that they would not have gotten as much out of it as players or as characters if if they'd been able to go in, kill King Girl and the the drow woman and get Gundren out of there with no one being the wiser. Right, it's like that makes sense, but also you won't enjoy that. Exactly. Like I know I know that this is what I don't think you what, will. But. Well, that's the thing. This is what the characters want. The players don't want it to be that easy. Very that's a good distinction. That's a very good <laughs> distinction. Like of course the characters want things to be as easy as possible. They want to go right. and rescue their friend. They want to be able to get in and out and, you know, use their intelligence and their cleverness, which they did quite well to get in and out of the situation without causing a problem. But I was like, all right, you used a card. My turn. Because I had (laughs) cards, too. And one of them was called Boomstick, which was uh, when someone hit with with an attack, uh, it added thunder damage. Thunder damage is very, very loud. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that turned it from the situation of sneak in, grab Gundren, kill kill these two characters to the entire castle is now on alert and coming in this direction. <laughs> and it turned into, and that then from there, I as the GM was able to gauge, kind of, uh, do I keep the waves coming? Because I had mapped out the whole castle. I knew where all of the the different like goblins and hobgoblins were. And I was like, how, where, wh- who comes in from where? What, what situation is going on? And I was able to keep waves of enemies that were already there coming in to make the situation progressively worse. And I mean... There was a point where I was like, I might kill them. I'm not sure how this is going to end up. And I was like, okay, let's do this, especially because I had a couple uh, nat 20s on my side. I think that's part of the anxiety that I felt last night, too, right? Was like, oh, my God, I might kill them. Yeah. And then what am I going to do, right? (laughs) Because a TPK is not as satisfying as some people make it out to be. Right. I mean, there's lots of, I mean, you've done this before. You've done this to, to uh, me before where yeah. it's like, yeah, no, a, a TPK is really a total party knockout as opposed yeah. to kill. And Correct. that's, you know, that's useful. And then you have a situation where it's like, cool, the objective has now changed to get out of here. Yep. Once and now the objective has changed stuff. again to not get magic sword, but go in and 
save a koi, right? And that's uh, that's good stuff, man. Like the that's a more human thing. We want to save our friend. Yeah. Uh, they've just hit that level five power spike, uh, and they need to they need to kind of gear up, have a gear up montage, make a plan, and then go in and get you right. And that's a lot more interesting than just saying, "Well, Akoi's dead." Yeah. You know, the end. We're done. Yeah, because uh, a tiny peek behind the curtain, I suppose. We haven't decided what what exactly is going to happen with Akoi yet. We're still talking no, about it. But I think the worst thing to have happen would be, well, the vampire killed her. Yeah. Or killed them, sorry. And um, the, the and that's it. And that's so, it. So roll a new character. Yeah. And I mean, my first, my initial response was, okay, I guess I need to roll a new character because, oh my God. And then Adam, Adam was like, I mean, you can, but my plan was to, you know, have the situation play out like this. And I'm like, hmm. No, I like that better uh, mm-hmm. because this is going to take some work to to get to. And I, I'm i not one of those people who has, you know, five billion characters ready to go. I don't want to make a new character if I don't have to. But so much is going to depend on how things play out in the actual game. It's like I wasn't planning for Hukui to get captured. It's entirely possible that they might uh, get killed in the rescue attempt. That is a possibility. That, you know, that, you know, coming back to the topic, it's like when they come in to help you, their objective is to get you out, not necessarily to kill the vampire. Yeah. Right. And so that could be how it pans out. That could be what they decide to do. Good luck. (laughs) The, you know, it would be difficult, but possible, you know, Um, but it might be a lot easier to try to just make it a rescue operation. Smash and grab your friend. Yeah. <laughs> you smash, know, and, smash the bars, grab your friend. Just to be clear, we're not no, smashing I was a clear. boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You do you, boo. <laughs> smash or pass. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Hakoi's asexual. They don't, they just don't care. They're like, are, are you an interesting piece of metal on my forge? No? Okay. That's right. Married, married to their work. Pretty much. Yeah, understandable. No, I got I got that vibe too. <laughs> I'm still figuring that out. Like, it, it, I could be wrong, but the, it's they'll, okay. They'll, they'll tell me over the course of the game. Vampires don't really care about sex either, right? They're just like it's just power. You're just food. Yeah, uh, power, that sort of thing. Right? They're too evil for for that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, also, they're dead. So, well, uh, if, if uh, Twilight has taught us anything, dead things don't really like to uh, procreate. I think Edward's dead, right? He's, he's, he's a not... vampire. They're technically dead. Yeah, but is that is a different kind, isn't it? Eh. Okay, I got to tell you this. This is on on the side, but um, so you know, everyone knows I teach high school. But um, one of the things I have to do is um, like a twenty three minute lesson for what we call advisory, and I'm in charge of a, of a class of seniors. And uh, me and the other senior teachers, we are doing this thing where we kind of do a Japanese school and we like rotate the teachers. And so we prepare one lesson, but then we teach it four times. Right. And so um, so my the thing I've been sharing has been emotional intelligence. And um, I'm not necessarily qualified in that, but I have the uh, social worker working with me. She comes in and she does the lesson with me. Because oh, cool. I think it's really important. I think they need to know it. 
they're about to get into serious relationships as they exit high school uh, and that sort of thing. Well, I thought so, some fun way to approach this would be to show movie clips and then to play a little game called Red Light or Red Flag, Green Flag. Okay. Right. We watch this scene. And then the students all have to decide, you know, is this a red flag or a green flag, right? Red flag meaning that person should get out of that situation. That's a terrible relationship. It's toxic, whatever. Um, when it comes to uh, the, my very first clip that I use for that is from Twilight. And it because you could use almost any scene in Twilight as like a lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they it, it is constant red flag. Yeah. It's over and over and over. The one I found, I don't remember what movie it's from, but um, it's where where Jacob is like upset with Bella and uh, he's just learned that uh, she and Edward are engaged to be married. And so he threatens to go kill something or to get himself killed because that would make it easier for you. Right. It's like threatening self-harm if the if the person won't be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And I'm just like, okay, kids, now that we've seen that clip, red flag or green? And they're like, yeah, red flag. Except for like that one girl who's like, green flag because hot. (laughs) (laughs) But even she knows. Even she knows. Let's explain why emotional manipulation (laughs) and uh, using that kind of language is not hot. Yeah, she's not listening to anything he said, right? She's just like abs, right? That's all she... (laughs) That's all she knows. He is a good-looking fellow. For yeah, of course. Um, so anyway, then we we went from like movie to movie. Like here's a good good example, bad example. So that was kind of fun. But yeah, uh, Twilight's terrible. Twilight is terrible. Also, though, you, uh, if you want some 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 like good bite-sized stuff, look up Cinema Therapy. I don't know if you watch. Uh, I watch that regularly. Actually, yeah, they're just so good, and they have those like you know best best Disney couples. That's a really good one to use as like the bite-sized version. So uh, I did steal a clip from Perfect. one of their episodes where they were talking about Nala and Simba. Yeah, and that was a green flag example where. She's given him the business, Mm -hmm. but it's because, like, he's avoiding his responsibilities. Yeah. But she's also still, like, even though she's chastising him, she's also seeking to understand. Yeah. And to empathize with him. She's like, no, I don't understand. Please tell me what's going on. And he's just like, eh, I don't wanna, right? I'm an emotional early 20s. Why are you acting like my dad? It's like, well, Someone has to. Someone has to, right? And then he's like, ugh, you're mean, and he runs away. <laughs> but then he comes back later and goes, oh, no, nah, you're right. <laughs> Which honestly is, uh, we're completely tangented uh, at this point, but that is uh, like a part of maturity. Because that's something that I've had to learn how to do is be able to to be like, I am reacting emotionally and harshly in this moment. Uh, one of the one of the things that I've had to do for my own maturity is learn to identify that and say I need some time to deal with my emotions and then come back to this when I'm in a better place to handle this in a way that is more like I'll always be emotional about it, but I need to step away and come back to it when I can handle this in a more emotionally intelligent way. Yeah, uh, that's so important to do that. Like you can call a timeout. Yeah, and that being is able totally to fine. yeah, and being able to say. I need this time for this moment, but I will come back to this in an hour is incredibly difficult to say and incredibly difficult to learn, but also so important. 
Also true at the TTRPG space where, you know, you can present this kind of situation, you can have this big twist, and then, you know, maybe the GM, the players, or both are just like, I don't know what to do next. There is nothing wrong with calling a snack break. Oh, you yeah. Know? Like, go ahead, man. Like, take that emotional break, gather yourself. Go outside, get some fresh air, think about it. If you're a smoker, go get your cigarette done, you know, whatever you got to do. But also don't smoke, kids. <laughs> um, and then come back in and, you know, you're probably fine. You don't necessarily have to be the improv genius. You don't have to be Wayne Brady and and decide right now. Yeah. Right? So why not? So, Yeah. And I, I think at the at the core of making interesting encounters is being sensitive to the moment to moment and looking at the mm-hmm. situation and saying, I know what the characters want. How do I put obstacles in their way so that they can't get what they want without a struggle? Because the struggle is what makes things interesting. Yeah, every conflict is a trade of some kind. And yeah, we can trade hit points, but we can also trade opportunities. Mm-hmm. We can trade resources. We can trade a, a emotional cost. Um, you know, we can make sacrifices. Yeah. You know, and it's like even you understood, you know, in that moment, even though you want to win, that, hey, what's best for this scene mm-hmm. is sacrifice, you know? Yeah. And it is, you know, and I can't do that without you, right? If, um, if a player wants to, like, this is always a challenge whenever you, you like, charm a player is whether or not they're going to low-key resist you mm-hmm. by trying to, like, find semantics in your argument or whatever. Or are they going to go, okay, what would make this dramatic? Yeah. But you also don't want to be the player that's like, secretly I've been wanting to PvP this whole time, and now this is my my excuse. Sure. No, absolutely. <laughs> no. And and Hakoi was like, I, I don't want to PvP. They, no. They, they put Hakoi down in a minute because like... Well, some of them. Some of them. Uh, Riddle would absolutely put them down real fast. <laughs> well, if there's an ally adjacent. <laughs> well, there's that. Well, not just that. Not not just the ability to like beat the crap out of them, but Riddle's right. very smart. Much very smarter smart. than Hook I was Lane. very impressed with with Chris's gameplay. Like oh, yeah. he was very intelligent. He's playing a uh, arcane trickster rogue, and really. Really playing into the intelligence of the character mm-hmm. uh, more than anything, and uh, it's it's been impressive to see. Yeah, but definitely one of like my challenges with that was, you know, Hakoi is still Hakoi. They are not being, but like their mind is being messed with. But it is in the sense of this person that you were fighting is now your very best friend. And it's not that I don't know who the others are. It's that that friend is more important than this, than them right now, which, mm-hmm. if, boy, if Akoi has their memories after all of this, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Not planning on attacking your memories. We'll, 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 dis- we'll discuss. We'll yeah, discuss. no, we, we, we need to sit down and actually have a conversation about what this looks like uh, going forward for Hakoi. If Absolutely. Goes but, forward. We, but we both agree that there has to be a scar. There has to be some sort of lasting effect, uh, a cost of some kind. In order for the dramatic tension to to mean something. Absolutely. Because a a big character moment that can be retconned as easily as we got them out, it doesn't mean anything. There needs to be some lasting consequence to it. Spike did the same thing to my paladin uh, that I was playing with him, uh, where I had likewise fallen on the sword for the group. 
there was a black dragon chasing us through some tunnels. Oh, wow. And we were like like level three or something. And yeah, I stayed to, to face it because uh, it wasn't just the party. It was also a bunch of refugees we, we were trying to help. Yeah. And th- there was just no chance of, of winning the battle, really. Um, and that's when he became the Eye of Grumpsh and his uh, eye was torn out of his face and uh, became chosen. And, and it was so it turned into a really cool moment instead yeah. of just like, well, nice sacrifice. Are you interested in Warlock, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> Rogue? Monk, maybe. Right? Uh, could have been a lot worse. So let's, uh, I think we have beat the dead horse now. Let's go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you all so much for joining us for this week's episode of Inspiration Point. Remember to uh, invest in the emotional stakes, whether you are the player or the GM. Always know what the emotional moment is and how to play into it the most effectively. Um, Aim for the tears. The tears are fun. Uh, if you would like to come and join us over on the Discord, everyone is welcome to come and hang out with us. Also, go and check out our Patreon if you want to uh, come and be in one of these games where Adam beats us up emotionally. It's great. We all love it. But until next time, stay inspired. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Inspiration Point. If you'd like to support what we do, go and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash inspiration point. If you can't support us directly, that's okay. You can also help support us by telling people about the podcast. A little inspiration goes a long way. Inspiration Point is edited and produced by Tiana Hansen and is distributed by Quest and Chaos. If you like what you hear with us, give Quest and Chaos YouTube or Twitch channels a visit. They play Dungeons & Dragons on a weekly basis and have a bunch of campaigns of Call of Cthulhu, D&D, and board game playthroughs archived on their YouTube. Join us next week for more inspiration. Inspiration.